Welcome to this month's edition of Rutten Radio. Rutten Radio is a once a month show with Father Paul Rutten, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, Father John Rutten, pastor of the Harrisburg Community, and Joe Rutten, professor and director of the Benedictine Institute for Leadership, Ethics, and Social Justice at Mount Marty College. Rutten Radio can also be watched by going to lambradio.com. Rutten Radio is being brought to you in part by discountcatholicproducts.com your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community, and by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. Join us now for a little faith, family, and frivolity as we go live to the studios with Rutten Radio. Good morning, Diocese of Sioux Falls and beyond. (laughs) This is going to be epic. If you're out there listening right now, you probably uh, just saw this yellow flash. <laughs> the flash. Come, <laughs> sprinting into the studio. Uh, oh, you're yeah, an answer an inter- to my prayers. It's been an interesting morning already. I'm sure, yeah. Father Paul, you sat here thinking, uh, is this really going to happen? Father John's not here. Father Joe's not here. And we're 60 seconds away from going live. <laughs> Heather. Is there a song you can play or something? Or two or three. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Father Good Paul. Good morning, Joe. How's all our lamb listeners out there doing? They're probably doing well. All right. Well, where's our brother at? Well, you know... Uh, I've always said that a good wife makes a man an even better man. Uh, and one yeah. of the things that you learn, they teach you in seminary, a little secret they teach you is when you want to schedule a couple to do something... Never ask the husband. Ever. Ever. Ask the husband. Because he does not know the family's schedule. So he'll either agree or disagree, <laughs> and then he'll say something to his wife, and then his wife will inform him either he was right or wrong, uh, and then she'll have to call back anyways. So you just always call just the wife. Literally cut out the middleman. Yep, man. just don't even ask him. So anyways, uh, my brother... Uh, is now at a new parish, and he's now discovering that while he wasn't married, there was a woman in his life that made sure he wasn't double booked. Oh, Linda so News. So, Linda News, a shout out to Linda. You, uh, God bless you. I think there should be like an expedite light <laughs> flame to heaven because you had to take care of our brother. Anyways, That's so awesome. he double booked himself today. So, he is coming. But he's going to celebrate Mass first uh, at his parish uh, in Harrisburg. And then will join us for the second hour. Uh, but So anyways, so he's coming. He'll be here eventually. Well, 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 well. That's <laughs> wonderful. All right. And then I discovered last night, Joe texts me and Joe's like, uh, you coming over? I'm like, oh, no, I'm staying yeah, with John. Yeah, because when Paul does this, he's in Watertown, right? So he has to be early. So he comes down and he stays at my house. And so we're... Just, you know, hanging out. We're waiting for Father Paul. We're like, all right, Father Paul, usually you're here by now. And uh, my boys are looking forward to seeing their favorite uncle, Father <laughs> oh. Paul. And there's a no show. Yeah. And so I text and say, Father Paul, are you coming? And then I said, I stay with Father John. And then I realized uh. that I was going to have to explain to Leo. But the reason was I just saw him. So that was kind of my thought was I just saw the guys. Uh, I stayed at their house. I tried to balance, you know, out all of the time I spend with people. Uh, anyways. It's got to be kind of tough in a family of nine, let yeah. alone your friends and everybody yeah. else. So anyways. All right. Well, 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 well. Well, today's going to be kind of a fun, uh, fun day. We've got all kinds of 
great things to discuss and talk about, as always. But we don't want you to forget, you can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, phone calls, emails, all of those social media sites. Uh, I got my Facebook ready. I got my Twitter ready. Uh, and, and phone calls. Streaming Call in. So we are streaming live, live on YouTube. Peace. If you're looking, uh, check out YouTube. You can jump on. They got it on the radio. Yeah, you can access it through Twitter, through the Lamb Radio Twitter pay account, through their website, all that fun stuff. So check us out. Um, well, 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 what have you been up to, Father Paul? I know it's been a, probably a pretty rough, you know, last couple of weeks as uh, you got ready for school, but uh, you know, what have you been doing? <laughs> You're right. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Preparing. <laughs> <laughs> Preparing for school. And the school, of the year. yeah. It gets really busy. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, took a two-week vacation. <laughs> Man, a two-week vacation. Two week, well, so you missed weeks. one Sunday. I missed one Sunday, yep. Yeah, so yeah. I left on a Monday, missed a weekend, came back on a Friday, and was back in the saddle at 8.15 in the morning. And Saturday. I was there for that Mass. Uh, well, I was there for one of the Sunday yep. Masses. Uh, so when you do this, do you let your parishioners know where you're going? You know, they, or ask, do you just... they ask, they ask, they ask, they ask. And so while I don't, I, I'm not opposed to telling people where I'm going, I really am of the mindset, like, do people really care? Uh, Trust me, they do care. Well, <laughs> some, well, of them, some, some of them. Some do care. Some do uh, care. And, and, so uh, I do but, tell them. I mean, it's never. But do you want to, you know. So I usually explain to them uh, who I'm going with, maybe, or what kind of vacation it is. So this one, I was very clear to explain a lot about my vacation. <laughs> Why was that? <laughs> well, because it was <laughs> 10 days in Hawaii. Oh, uh, <laughs> Father and, Paul, uh, but, the, with the hula girls. No, and, no, we didn't know hula girls. Uh, so I went with high school friends, uh, right. one of whom's family has a house over there. Mm-hmm. So we had a free place to stay. And one of the things in the Rutten family is most vacations revolve around free places to stay. Yes. Because if it's free, <laughs> it's all about me. No. Uh, so they have a house there, and, and his parents are very gracious. And if they're not there, we're welcome to come over. Uh, and then, because of all the other just travels and work and whatnot, I actually had miles. So it really only cost me like $17 to Ugh. get over there and then a free place to stay. The food is expensive. So that, you know, but. So, and it was really, I, I tell people, the, the vacation was wonderful because of the company. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. So, uh, and I was ready to come right. home. I was, you know, it was time. Uh, that's, uh, that's a nice, that's a nice little vacation. It was. You know, it always pays to have blessed. good friends. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it and does. rich ones. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, when, when we were in high school, for all you out there listening, my twin brother and I, Father John, who is not here because he double booked, um, John hung out with a couple of folks that, you know, had the ability to take a trip or two, and I didn't necessarily always hang yeah. out with the friends that had the ability to take a trip <laughs> or two. And I remember his first trip skiing, where he went west to Colorado, to a real ski mountain, where yeah. you actually really ski. And I remember thinking to myself, man, how'd I get And then when, you're, when, when you end up in seminary and you're two weeks into your seminary, uh, experience and you're going to Jerusalem, yeah. <laughs> you're like, well, maybe the Lord still wants to bless me. Yeah. And when one of your seminarian brothers flies you in a private jet to a oh, Notre yeah. Dame game. That's right. I uh, forgot about that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So we, we're, well, pretty, we're all pretty lucky so, here. So what have you been up to lately, Joe? 
All right. Well, for the sake of those out there who don't really care about our excursions around the world, gallivanting. Um, so what? What if Father Paul's been up to a little vacation, but you've gotten school started. School we started start yesterday, yesterday for him. Yeah. So it was exciting. Uh, we wait till after Labor Day. Uh, with the way our school is structured, we don't need to start early. Uh, we we get done early enough, anyways. And and I actually find that at least for me, those last few weeks of August, you're still scrambling to make it feel like summer. Still yeah. summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we started yesterday, and it's always fun to stand out and greet the little kiddos and take pictures with them. And uh, and then the other great thing is, is then lunch is made for me every day. Uh, so then I have lunch with the kids, and uh, uh, I go over and yeah. enjoy lunch with the kids. And yeah, you still uh, eat. School lunch the rest oh my of your gosh, life. I love school lunch. I have always loved it, and I still love it. I, <laughs> I don't. I when people talk agree. about like lunch, like oh school lunch, I'm like I don't know. I, I, I just. <laughs> and it costs like well, I don't know yeah. anymore, but you know it's like what three and a quarter or yeah, four. Probably not even. But um, uh, yeah, and so then just kind of visit with the kids, and uh, then just some parish life is back at it. We're getting ready for things to start up and parent meetings tonight for religious ed and all of that. So. It's back, back Things are, in the south. Yeah, yeah. All right, good, good, good. Well, you're out there. I think. Uh, I th- did. You, um, I was up at the parish this last weekend. Are you still looking for a music minister? Do we need to plug that? Or yeah, no? we are still. You know, that's one of those great challenges uh, that you face. Uh, is there's just it's getting few and far between. Uh, it's a specialized job, you know. But I believe that. God will bring somebody for us to, to help us out. Uh, and music is so important in the liturgy. Oh, uh, yeah. It just, it's crucial to, to a good liturgy. Uh, and we had a great uh, liturgist, uh, music person, Paul Monarchy, who <clears throat> now works for John. Did uh, you get, <laughs> did your brother swing in and sneak out well, your music not, minister not, on you? Not any more than I swung in and took him first. Because <laughs> he used to work at St. Lambert's. And then before John got there, I hired him uh, in Watertown. So. And then John snagged then John him back. John got him back. So <laughs> God's awesome. got a great sense of humor and all of that. Now, what have you been up to? Well, I don't know. Driving. <laughs> driving. Uh, I took a job at Mount Marty, as you know. So I've been down there running uh, Benedictine Institute and teaching a little bit and kind of helping bring to uh, fruition a renewed vision of Catholic Benedictine leadership at Mount Marty. So nice. it's been exciting. It's been a few months, and it's just a rock star team down there. A lot of fun people. And uh, Ashley Gullickson, if you're listening out there, I have not forgotten you. Uh, you are still my favorite person and my favorite office to hang out with at Mount Marty. Oh. So here's Ashley's story. Ashley, I did a post on Facebook and you know how you just, once you name one person, if you don't name everybody, you're gonna miss the then one. you're going to miss somebody, and you're going to miss the one that's going to let you know that you missed them. So, God love Ashley. you, Ashley. I missed you on my post. I will not, never, ever, ever miss you again. <laughs> uh, um, but there's a bunch of fun people, good people, hardworking, talented. I mean, I am just blown away. And it isn't that um, I should be surprised, or anybody should be surprised, I guess. Uh, but... When you go into anything, you take a new job, which you'd know this maybe from taking a new parish, but there's a lot of anxieties about who your office, you know, who you're going to be working with and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, what's the crew like and what's the boss like and all these types of things. And when you get into a new job and a new situation and all of those, and you like the people you work with, yeah. it makes your whole life 
better. Like, you know, you spend more time at work than anywhere. Than anywhere. Yeah. And if you don't like what you're doing, so I love what I do now. Uh, I love, yeah. I've always loved what I do. I'd always tell the kids, if you like what you do on Monday, you got a pretty good job. And you don't work Mondays, so that's right. kind of a so good Right, so I really gig. like what I do on Mondays. <laughs> so, yep, so I've been driving, but uh, I, li- I still live in Sioux Falls. I still have a couple of other jobs that keep me here and uh, building partnerships and networking out of Sioux Falls for Mount Marty. And then uh, I drive down Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. So three days at, okay. at in Yankton. Um, so and it's uh, it's great other than a little bit of a drive. But it's not too bad of a drive to Yankton, to be honest yeah. with you. Most people probably think. I used to think people were crazy that drove to Brookings oh, every day. Oh, commuted. Yeah, that yep. commuted to Brookings or to USD. And now I'm You're throwing a few, few yep. extra miles on there, but that's all right. And we thank the good Lord for podcasts. Yep. Yeah. Gotta love podcasts. Get you Wait, if, you're, if you're out there on the road and you're maybe not dialed into technology, uh, you need podcasts ASAP because, number one, they don't eat your data because you can just have them yep. on your... Download them early. Download them. And number two, uh, there's such a variety and there's such a wealth mm-hmm. of information out there that whatever your thing is that you like, uh, yeah. there's somebody out there... And there's more and more uh, good Catholic ones too, which is nice uh, to be able to. to yeah, what's your at. favorite podcast, Father? Oh, that's, people ask that all the time, and there's so many. There really is so many that I like. So I don't know that I really have one favorite podcast. Um, Do you listen to Jocko? Yep, I listen to Jocko. Uh, I listen to Bishop Barron. Uh, oh. Word on Fire. That's uh, always a does good one. Does he do it? Is he it does, him? Well, he does one. He's uh, he's got one. Uh, and then he usually does a, a sermon, uh, so I always listen to that to compare what my sermon's going to be like, and it's like, well, I'm not anywhere close to the bishops. So. Do you steal his material uh, sometimes? Sometimes I'll steal an idea. You know, he, he does really well. The lanky guys, they're good for, like, giving all kinds of history and, like, different things about it. And now the lanky guys are the two priests, right? Nope, one's a priest. And... Uh, no, nope, lanky guys, one's a priest and one's not. Scott gotcha. Powell, Dr. Scott Powell is not, uh... They were from, uh, Scott was from Focus, uh, actually did uh, the camp that we took some of our nephews to out in the Oh, really? So. You, you know, you just said Dr. Scott Paul. Um, do I get to be referred to as Professor Rutten, or oh. how's this going to work? <laughs> well, what would you like is, is maybe... Uh, I'll tell you, that's a, there's a when little... When you get your doctorate, we'll call you doctor. How about that? Uh, it's definitely something that, um, you have to get used to. I don't know if, but anyway, but you do realize like quickly that other people, that your title matters. Like, you know, I, it doesn't, I can, I can say, oh, whatever, I'm just Mr. Rutten or whatever. Like, but no, I'm Professor Rutten. Like, and and so it quickly made me realize that this isn't about me. It's about an off. I hold a, I'm a faculty, right? Right. I, I hold a, I'm a part of an institution of, of education that, demands that i respect mm-hmm. the position in the title um and so there i had a, a quick little prayer reflection on that that it wasn't yeah. so much about me as it, as it was about the fact that um within society i hold a i have the privilege of being a part of a an institution like like education yeah. so anyway that's that's for yeah. a whole nother no. discussion all righty paul well 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 so your two-week vacation from hawaii is over so now you're back at the grind school started and when we take a look at what's coming up, we just really celebrated the grind. We celebrated the like the secular feast day of the grind, Labor Day. Labor Day. Yep. 
And uh, what'd you do for Labor Day? Did you get a day off? Nothing. I did nothing. Uh, so, although many of the priests, uh, one of the uh, families in Clark has a pheasant hunting lodge that oh. they so graciously open up. Uh, and the priests can go up there Sunday through Tuesday, hang out. Uh, they'll cook for them. They can shoot guns, uh, golf, bike, just kind of play cards, do whatever. Uh, and I usually go because uh, it's not that far. But having just come back from Hawaii, <laughs> I was actually just tired. Uh, you know, it's a long trip back and it's just those kinds of things. And so uh, I just stayed home. But many of the priests went up there and were able to spend some quality time together just hanging out. No agenda, you know, no meetings, uh, just a good time. So many nice. of them spent that. You know, some will go to the state fair. Uh, Bishop Swain always says mass on Sunday for the state fair. So there's different things, but you know, I, just, I have never been to the state fair. Have you? Oh. Yeah, I've been to the state fair. I went a couple times uh, with David Livermore, Rex Livermore. He would go and have a show there. So I went out to the state fair really? with him one time. Yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff, you know. And what would Rex Livermore have a show for? What does he do? Uh, well, I don't remember what he did, um, but he must have sold some parts oh, or, gotcha. you know, mm -hmm. for farm equipment or those kinds of things. But yeah. So the uh, and you, what did you do for Labor Day? Well, I labored away at being a father and a husband. Um, at the lake, my in-laws have oh, a oh. place, and so we go up there once in a while and just hung out. The kids just, you know, the grandkids, they just run around and love it. You know, I uh, I don't know if there's a better way to grow up in South Dakota than lake life. Oh. Like having a place to go and l yeah. run like that. I know when we were kids, we always got to hitch a ride with the Noonans. Uh, Ryan Noonan, if you're out there, this is your shout-out. Uh, we'd run up to the lake with the Noonans, you know, and yeah. it was nothing fancy. It was, right. uh, you know, it was always just... You know, you're sleeping here and there, and you just sleep all over, you know, but you just have fun, and you get yep. tired swimming and playing, so, you know, that's what uh, that's what we did. Hung out at the lake, and uh, just kind of relaxed, and then got home, mowed the lawn. I don't know, is it like a, a venial sin to, to work on Labor Day, or is it actually honoring the day by working on Labor Day? So we uh, got, got things cleaned up, ready for the week, and yeah. Perfect. here we are, so. Yeah, so Labor Day, so, I, you know, I... A lot of people probably don't even know what Labor Day is, other than you get a day off, right? Yep, that's usually there's the, this secular holiday that called Labor Day. Uh, is, do you know anything about it, Father? Or not a whole lot. It did come about though, you know, the turn of the last century now. So, 1894, it was made a federal holiday by President Cleveland uh, again to honor workers. You know, one of those things that, that I think we forget is those changes in, in, in culture and changes yeah. in industries and what a, a, what happens to the way in which we work. And, yep. and I do think we see it now with the Internet. You know, all of a sudden there's a whole new workforce. Uh, there's a whole new, whole, whole new way of working. Well, the Industrial Revolution created a whole new way of working mm -hmm. uh, and a whole new class of people. And all of a sudden, instead of people being uh, just part of you know, uh, a trade, uh, and they just did one single thing. Uh, all of a sudden, people were were working on on lines, which we don't even think about not having. But you know, really, Henry Ford mm. is the one that revolutionized this idea of mm -hmm. you just stand here and you just keep doing this one thing over and over and over, and we will make a car cheaper and faster. Maybe not better, but cheaper and faster. Uh, thus, more people could have it. Yep. So this idea of 
different ways of working, you know, meat packing plants and large uh, industrial complexes. And, uh, and so this idea of like, well, then what is work about and who are we honoring and whatnot? Uh, and so just this idea to stop and sort of say, you know, for those who work, uh, we should we should think about them for a moment. Uh, the interesting thing, though, in the midst of it all is the church also watches this. And this is mm-hmm. one of those things that I think is important. That the Catholic Church is also always watching what's happening in our world and trying to say, are we really looking at what's happening? Because what we discovered is there was also this socialism sliding in uh, as well. And there was this sort of idea that... Uh, the worker should sort of rise up and, Mm -hmm. you know, take its rightful place and things like that. Uh, So while Labor Day was there to honor those who work, uh, just kind of a day to say, are we thankful, you know, for all these things that that people do so we can uh, have a day. We've got parades, and I don't know how many towns anymore have parades. Wagner, I guess, has a big Labor Day celebration. Uh, We didn't have a parade in Watertown, um, but they did, you know, have parades and whatnot, so... Yeah, you know, it's. I I think you're right about that. We don't. I don't know if it's. We don't always give proper um, proper due to historical realities, but the changing of of society and culture that we experienced in just 20 years with the advent of the technology yeah. age uh, has been pretty crazy, and and that communication device also has allowed the pace by which um, we change, adapt, we grow, we understand to be quickened, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we take this back 100, 150 years. When we we have the Industrial Revolution come along, um, we don't have these means of communications, right? right? And so then you do have a slower pace of societal adaptation and growth. And you're valued at reflection there upon the church is always observing, I think is very beneficial because I don't know that we always give the church the credit that they're due for observing society and giving critique. Sure. Right. And that we call her mother church and how often do we not give our parents credit? <laughs> you know, you think about that until later and you look back and you say, wow, you know, mom and dad weren't quite as dumb as we thought or, or as naive <laughs> as we thought or, you know, those kinds of things. And so do I think mother church does that same thing. The other thing is, is it's always hard because you're in it to be able to see what's happening to your culture, uh, you know, because you're just a part of it. And so to be able to stop and kind of take that bird's eye view and look down and kind of say, well, where are we going? And is this the right direction to go? And, you know, I think the church gets criticized for, for being, uh, uh, trying to sort of stop progress. And, and in reality, it's not that the church is trying to stop progress. The church is trying to analyze it mm. and to really say, is this good for us? Mm-hmm. Let's just ask this. Yeah, we can do it, but... Is it really the thing to do? And uh, and so we need to be able to to give the church credit and, and to really look at things and, and say, is this really the the best the best use of our resources? Well, with that, I think we'll uh, jump to a break. When we come back, we'll give a shout-out to Chris and uh, anybody else that hits us up on Twitter and Facebook and other sources. So uh, we'll take a moment here, and we'll be right back. Your family is depending on you. Your family is looking to you to make sure they are safe, protected, and taken care of. 
Knights of Columbus Insurance offers the protection they need. Whether it's term life or whole life, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, annuities, retirement planning, estate planning, or an insurance analysis, please call Jason Lures at 605-270-3463 or Heath Dickelman at 605-351-7978. Knights of Columbus Insurance. Hi there, Ryan here with Mini Critters. Mini Critters has been a locally owned stop with pet services, any pet needs to be happy and healthy. Mini Critters has professional grooming services Monday through Saturday for dogs and cats. And brand new to the Sioux Falls area, a self-service pet wash opens seven days a week. And don't forget the pet hotel, pet play care, and obedience training. Mini Critters, your friends, your family. One of the great ways that Discount Catholic Products has changed my life is that I have a much deeper connection to my Catholic faith and I have become more confident in my faith. Hi, this is Megan Dolly, owner of DiscountCatholicProducts.com here in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and I get to help people on their faith journey. I handle prayer cards, medals, books, and all kinds of sacramentals every day. And in doing that, I can't help but grow in my faith. And we want to help our customers do the same thing. Find us online at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. My name is Callie Stevens. I am a freshman at Mount Marty College, and I am from Florence, Montana. And I am going into the nursing field with a background in parks and recreation. My early conversations with my freshman advisor, Sister Candy, started out with her talking to me about archery and how much I loved it. It's the first varsity program in South Dakota, and I'm the first varsity archer in South Dakota. So she kind of used the line, you can make history this way, and that was pretty cool as an 18-year-old person. I know who wouldn't want to make history. What I like most about Yankton is being five minutes from the largest archery facility in the world, and I also love hunting. I am able to take my car and actually go hunting about 10 to 15 minutes from the school. I can go hiking, I can go swimming. I can pretty much do anything out here that I could back home in Montana. It's a lot like home, and that's what I love most about here. Catholic United Financial is a fraternal life insurance company dedicated to providing our members with life insurance and financial products. Unlike a typical insurance company, we pay it forward, pouring our profits back into the community. We distribute grants and award scholarships, provide funds and support for Catholic parishes and schools, and coordinate local service programs. This is Candy Close, the local representative in Millbank, South Dakota, and Ortonville, Minnesota, and surrounding areas. You can reach me at 605-949-1248. Catholic United Financial. Every step, every journey, we're there for life.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Alrighty, folks out there listening, we got a few shout-outs here. I think that, uh, you know, we better, Father Paul, we better give a, a shout-out. I don't know that we have to sing Happy Birthday, no, but we do love have him, we will not sing. Red, I think they call him. He's better known as uh, Joshua, Joshua Merrick. Merrick. Happy birthday to Joshua out there, celebrating your birthday today. Um, it's 27. No That doesn't way. seem possible. Wow. That's old. <laughs> Just kidding. Happy birthday, Josh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Josh. You're a rock star. Um, it's good to see somebody carrying on the tradition of red in the Rutten family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, can't ever, ever have enough gingers in the world, I don't think. <laughs> So I'm still waiting to see if I can get a ginger in the world. Yeah, well, I got a third boy coming here. You never know. Well, might, we'll might, see. Don't got one yet. So all right, then we've got uh, Chris Taney. Yes, uh, Chris uh, just sent a deal in, and he says that he was privileged to. Uh, he he completed the tr- Rutten trifecta. Um, he is. Uh, I ran into Chris. Um, I, I didn't know who he was. I'm walking in out of the hospital. Uh, down in Yankton, and this kid's walking in, and hey, and you know, start chatting, and anyway, he's there for the birth of his second son, and nice. he knows Father Paul and Father yep. John, so he's completed the yeah. the Trinity of Ruttons. He said, "Poor guy." <laughs> I, I I didn't let him know that there's there's seven, six more of them out <laughs> six there. Six more that out there that he can run to, into. But, but, yeah. um, all right, well, good. Anybody else want some shout outs? Send them in. Uh, with that, more on Rerum Navarum. I think that Rerum Navarum. To, wait, and, you didn't explain what that is. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, <clears throat> all right. So, as we talk about Labor Day, so America celebrates Labor Day. Also, Europe celebrates Labor Day. Um, so, the church, as we had mentioned, kind of off, is like a mother looking out over society and offering critique and insights. And so, Leo Thirteenth, whom my boy Leo is named after along with Leo the Great, uh, in the late 1800s, 1890s, offered an assessment of the modern society since the advent of the Industrial Revolution and gave some some real critiques. And so this encyclical is a marvelous, marvelous document, but it's the beginning of what we call the modern social encyclicals of the church that the popes offer about every 10 years you get one out from the church. And Rerum Navarum basically takes and it addresses these large-scale kind of societal issues, particularly in this one, the rights and duties of capital and labor. So how is it that society needs to address these issues that had come about? You know, for instance, I think we take for granted uh, a 40-hour work week. Right, yep. And we take for granted child labor laws. Yep. And we take for granted um, unions, unions and wages and these types yep. of things. And so the, these had been addressed by the church years and years and years yeah. ago. Uh, so 120 years ago, 25 years ago, uh, Pope Leo XIII issued this encyclical that we call in Latin, Rerum Novarum, or on new things. Yep. And it's worth... Um, talking about a little bit and so I know Father Paul you've got some familiarity with it too and so when we take a look at the problems that that kind of come about in society and then the way that we address them I think it's important for us to to reflect upon yeah especially I think because we can see it playing out again you know this is one of those things things really are never really new they're just sort of repackaged and they come in a different way 
and, and so there was this, I think, legitimate concern by the people that they were being used. Uh, they were just simply being uh, tools, uh, not properly you know, taken care of, not properly paid, because people needed jobs. People needed to work. Yeah. Uh, and so in that, the church looks at that and then says, well, what is the rights and responsibilities and duties of capital and labor? You know, yeah. is, is capitalism it? You know, uh, is there other ways to do things? And, and to see that we can't change, we can't change the way things are, are moving in one sense. So we can't get rid of, yeah. uh, you know, these things, but we need to be able to look at it in itself. And um, one of the things I think <clears throat> that the church does is she sometimes looks and says, well, what, what does it seem to be the solution that's being proposed? And is that a good solution? Uh, and really, at the heart of a lot of this uh, during the the labor movements was socialism, mm-hmm. and this idea of socialism coming in, uh, and and nobody willing to look at socialism and say, well, is there any downside to socialism? Yep. Uh, is there anything in this that we should be hesitant uh, to to look at and say, you know, well, it might solve one problem, but do we create two? Mm. In you know, in that uh, you might be able to gain something. So, like, in one sense, this idea, okay, well, this guy has all this land. Well, he should share it. So, we'll let the state take the land and share it. Okay, well, what about the little guy that just has a little piece of land? You know, now he has to lose his land, too, and now everybody loses all of their land, and then it gets shared, and then, well, who decides who gets it? And what we realize and see in this is, well, the guy making the decision is going to make sure he gets the best land. Yep. Like, you can't take humanity out of this. And, yep. and you know, as, as you learn, mothers say, if you only have one piece of cake and two people, you let one cut and the other pick. Uh, so the one cutting is going to make sure it's as even as possible because the one picking is going to pick what he thinks is the best. Uh, you look back, you know, even uh, Abraham and Lot. They had to go one way or another. And, and you look around and you say, well, what's the best? So in that, there's this challenge of saying, well, so we're going to give all this back to the government and say the government's going to pick and choose and, and control and, and deal with that uh, in that. And the church said, well, no, people yeah. have a right. People have a right to private property. People have a right to, to work uh, and to labor to the degree that they want to at times mm-hmm. and, uh, and also to be paid justly for their work and you know so that that balance but the church i think really saw in that uh that there's a danger when the government steps in to be the the arbitrator of all goods yeah the church uh wasn't a big fan i I mean the church right but generally speaking in its critique the church isn't a fan of socialism and at the heart of social the problem with it is the replacement of the individual right. with the larger collective, yep. whether that be a government agency or even a union for that yep. for that matter, but that at the heart of of all uh, of all justice comes first the person in their freedom right yep. and so when you when you usurp that or when an outside larger institution of society comes in and violates that individual's yep. rights, whether it's private property or it's their personal dignity. The church doesn't get real excited about that because of the consequences, right. partly. And yet I think the church also has to acknowledge that it, it, it's enviable idea. And people will always point this out. Well, <clears throat> what did they do in Acts of the Apostles? Oh, yeah. You know, they sold everything and put it at the feet of the apostles and the apostles distributed it. Well, well yeah, but notice that it 
didn't carry on <laughs> because the Hellenists complained that they didn't get what they needed. And, you know, and the church, I think, quickly realized, well, we're not in the business of distributing people's wealth. Yep. What we're really in the business of is helping people to, to live in a way that they would freely share mm. if felt called to. And so that they didn't need the church to tell them what to do. They themselves in their own relationship with, with God uh, would look around and say, you know, I have more than I need. Uh, I have way more than I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can help. Uh, and I can help in this way or that way. And, and so, because people will point that out. They'll say, well, the church was socialist, you know, and <clears throat> they did it in the, you know, actually, I'm like, well, yeah, they did. But then they stopped. Yeah, quickly. Uh, you know, it, it just doesn't And And those are that. free associations as well, right? right. It, it, yep. It's not like they were, sure, it says that, but we don't, it didn't say that they were coerced. Yeah, so <laughs> there, there's that, uh, I think, important part of it. But again, what the church often wants us to do is to really get down to the to the core value and and stay out of the particulars because we can often find ourselves you know arguing the particular situation without really having a principle. Uh, and I remember that in our ethics class. Yeah. You know, we took ethics at St. Thomas, and you know, it's like, well, we're going to do gun control and abortion, we're going to do death penalty, and the, the the priest is like, no, we're not. And we're like, well. That's what every ethics class does. It's like, no, we're going to spend the year learning about what is right and good and And true and just so that when you get into a discussion, you can use the principles to begin to analyze and to say, is this really good? Uh, Is this really just in this case? Instead of just throwing in, you know, uh, arguments here and there and, you know, whoever. Who did you have for ethics? Uh, Father Stromberg. You had Stromberg. God love yes. you. I had Atkinson. He was great he was too. Good. Uh, but Stromberg. Father Stromberg. He was he was great because he was this priest who had been around the block more than once, uh, and he knew college students. And so the first day he'd say, "All right, I know you all have to take this class, and I know not all of you want to take this class. So here's what we're going to do: those that really want to learn and want to take the class, you sit up front. Those that don't want to learn and don't want to really take this class, you sit in the back." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Uh, Did anybody move? Oh yeah! Oh really? Yeah! Oh yeah! They were, they were all in the back. Uh, so really? Yeah, because he said, I, "Let's not play a game here," because it doesn't do me any good to have the people that want to pay attention distracted by other people who don't want to pay attention. Uh, and so we did. So the whole, you know, there was a whole group in the front, and then there was everybody else in the back. <laughs> he was. I was right up front. I loved. I mean, I like school, so I. It was one of those things. Uh-huh. He was also the teacher that we were talking about. Good. What is good? And he said. What's a good beer? And nobody would raise their hand. Nobody would raise their hand. And finally, this girl from the back raises her hand and says, Bud Light. Stromberg was like, that's not even beer. I wanted a good beer. Uh, And the poor girl was like mortified. It was like, oh my gosh. The Uh, one time she The one time she raises her hand, she says Bud Light. he He had no time for Bud Light. So... Well, when we take a look at the discussion that the church can offer on these different issues, you know, sometimes it isn't necessarily the the issue or the problem that's directly in front of us, but it's the consequences yeah. of the decisions that we make and the assessments that we make on society uh, that we don't always intend. And so this idea of unintended consequences of our social engineering that, yeah. that we like to play about. And, you know, you mentioned the government, and it, you know, should it take the land and then redistribute it? And, you know, 
Some a lot of times, us getting involved in things just makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at home. I'm like, ah, the harder I try, the worse this thing gets. Right. Yep. Sometimes yep. we just need to stay out of things and let it go. But talking about those unintended consequences that we can we can observe that happens if we're not careful mm-hmm. in the judgments and assessments we make. You offer natural disasters. Yeah. As an example, explain to me a little bit about what you're thinking well natural disasters happen all the time and 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 the the media uh will bring to our attention a natural disaster and this is one of those challenges is we live in a world where if it's not on the news it's not in our mindset and so we are all concerned you know about what took place in houston and it is a natural disaster yep um but we also have wildfires in Montana and Washington that's burning, you know, out of control. And they're all up there saying, well, what about us? We're not on the news. And, uh, and, and so you begin to say, well, where do you put all of your attention? But then you have this problem of, uh, well, what looks good then uh, for the news to show people doing good things? You know, and so in one case, there was, there was a place, and this wasn't Houston, but they didn't have drinking water. So these people like filled an entire plane full of bottles of water and flew an entire airplane to this location so they could have drinking water. And it gets there and they're like, now we got all these bottles. Mm -hmm. And they said, all you should have done is sent us a water purification machine. We've got water. We just can't drink it. (laughs) So if you'd have sent us the machine or two or three, uh, we could just keep cleaning the water we've got and not having now all this plastic that's sitting around and all of the energy it took to get the... But that doesn't look good on the news. A giant plane full of water looks good and makes me feel good. And so it can be at times this challenge of is my charity so that I feel good or is my charity because it, it really will be good? Mm-hmm. You know, or we, we, we send all of our leftover clothes you know, to places that don't really need it because it makes me feel better that I was able to give all these clothes and it's like did you come to the faith and business conference no I didn't no I didn't I had to work Heather I think it's like it seems like he was there this is uh, with the faith no, and I business was scold- conference I was scolded was- for missing it someone's like you oh. missed your brother's conference I'm like I know it was epic I had to plan um, for vacation I, this Michael Miller who does work with Poverty Cure and Poverty Inc if, if you're out there listening I challenge you go watch a Netflix documentary called Poverty Inc and it's it's basically the global corruption of the poverty industry through government agencies, tyrannical dictators, and NGOs. And they show these places, and they got mounds and mounds of clothes oh, sure. laying along the streets that are just being dumped in these African towns and cities um, by people in the West yeah. that are do-gooders, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the principle is this. They have people making clothes. They've got clothes, folks. It's not like they're all running around naked, right? They've got <laughs> well, unless clothes. Unless you read National Geographic. Unless you read National And so here we are. But now even think of that. That's media, right? Yep. And we yep. know that, that there's a perpetuation of an image yeah. that Africa is poor and they're without natural material resources particularly. Yeah. And so our vision is, is the, the, you know, the poor person in Africa. Listen, they've got plenty of wealth. They've got a boatload of natural resources. And Europe, for hundreds and hundreds of years, has been taking them from them, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when we look at Africa, so we ship over all these free clothes. 
I'll give you the example they use in the video, and that's Tom's Shoes, oh, sure. right? Social, social uh, entrepreneurship. This wonderful idea, let's uh, buy a pair, give a pair. Paul, Father Paul buys a pair of Tom's Shoes, and Tom's will charge enough that they can actually still make money and give a pair of shoes to uh, somebody in Africa. So they ship off these busloads of shoes to this village in Africa, and everybody in the village and in the city gets free shoes from Tom's Shoes. Wonderful. What about the cobbler in the village that makes shoes for everybody? You can't compete with free. Right. So what happens to him? Loses his job. He goes out of business, all right? Now, what doesn't arrive the next year or two after your Tom's shoes have worn out and have holes in them? More time. A free busload of Tom's shoes. And now you need shoes, but what'd you do to the cobbler? <laughs> he lost his job. You put him out of business. Yeah. So you have actually caused more damage in the long in the, run. In the long run. You've yeah. created poverty yeah. by trying to assist in its alleviation. And it was this revolutionary idea. I thought, oh my Lord. Well, it started because of the shirt, the, the, the clothes deal. Yeah. There's a guy, you can look it up on, on Google search, an article on Florida businessman gives away a million t-shirts. He wanted to raise a million free shirts and he wanted to send them over to Africa. And the, the, the uh, organizations over there wouldn't take them. And he's mad because oh. they won't take my free shirts. Like, what do you mean? Like, I went through all this work. I got them all. They're mine. I want to give them to you for free. And he's like, and they're like, no, we won't take them. Wow. He was pissed off, right? And you stop and you say, well, let's assess this. Why is it that we're giving in the first place? Who are we trying to help? Right. Or are we just trying to make ourselves feel better? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, I think that in charity, we simply do it because it makes us feel good. No. And not because it actually helps the person. If that's the case, then you don't ship the million water bottles. Right. You ship the purificator. Yep. Even though it doesn't run good on TV or make your organization look good, yep. you ship the water purificator. So yep. uh, Netflix, uh, Poverty Inc., it hits yep. right on that. And so the, the creator of this documentary, Father, uh, award-winning documentary, really fantastic, yep. we brought in for the Faith and Business oh, Conference. Nice. Yeah, nice. and it reminds me of kind of like the human experience. Oh, sure. I mean, Which the guy's really a rock star. He's yep. great in person. He's better in person live than he is, oh, you know, sure. on a camera. And so very entertaining. So Michael Miller, if you're out there listening with the Acton Institute, uh, cheers. We're nice. giving you a shout out here on Lamb Radio. The other thing, you know, I think that the church is always aware of is uh, we sometimes forget, really truly forget about the little person, you know, and so this idea that we want to solve a problem uh, but we don't really look at the individual in, in solving the problem. Uh, and so we create this system that the little guy really can't work within. Mm. You know, uh, corporations can work around it. Uh, you know, they, they have the ability to do that. But, you know, you talk to the average businessman and they'll say the regulations are, are killing mm. them. Because yeah. they can't afford yeah. to hire a person to be dedicated to just regulations and, you know, taxes and these kinds of things. And... And, and so it, it creates this inability then for the little guy uh, to keep working because he has to spend so much time doing all these other things to try to deal with these regulations that were set in place, you know, again, because it was good, uh, because these corporations were violating things. Yep. You know, and so then it's like, well, now everybody has to follow this. And, and the church wants to look at that and say, well, no, I mean, the individual, if uh, given the right tools, will know... Uh, well, what, what is right, uh, how to pay a just wage, uh, what is a just wage, 
you know, those kinds of things. And, and so it's, uh, it's difficult. The other thing that I, I don't, and I see it again today is the church really also saw in this underlying the whole thing is, is class warfare mm. and greed. Yeah. Uh, and saw in this revolution coming, uh, in the turn of the century that what they were doing is they were pitting the working man against the business. Uh, and they were really creating a class warfare, uh, and this idea of you should take what's yours and it's yours and it's mm. yours and, uh, and really feeding on this sort of greed instead of saying, uh, are you content? Mm. Uh, and if you're not content, why are you not content? Uh, are you not content because you want more, but you're not willing to work for more? Are you not content because you think you have a right to more? Uh, where does this lack of contentment come from? Uh, and can the church, you, you know, address that? Uh, and this is something that, that we just discovered on a tangent real quick. Uh, they did a whole study on the problem with cell phones and social media and what it's doing to our kids. And they said the one of the dangers is now a kid knows everything they're missing and all the people that are having fun without oh, them. So again, yeah. think about this again. Yeah. <clears throat> before this thing was invented, you would not have known what I did on vacation. Yep. But now I know. But now exactly you know every doing. single yeah. morning I get up and have a cup of coffee and it's beautiful out. Instead of having to wait till I come home and I just simply say, "Oh my gosh, it was beautiful." That's interesting. Yep. But instead, so even I was trying to think of that as I was, you know, posting things to try to be conscious to say, you know what, I, I want to post some things, but I'm not going to spend my entire vacation trying to make everyone else either think I'm having a great time or, or jealous that I'm having this great time. Yep. Uh, and so you think about that, and it's adult. But and now you're a mature. Kid. Yeah. Yep. Now yep. imagine a poor kid. Uh, who has to constantly see and hear what everyone else is doing. And you don't have the emotional maturity yeah. to even handle that. Uh, oh, boy. God bless our children. You, huh? you, you know, and so the church is stopping and saying, you know, well, let's look at this. How do we address this innate sense of injustice and justice and greed and desire uh, and help people to say, you know, I could probably work more, but I'm actually happy with the life that I have. Uh it, and, yeah. and I could have a nicer car, uh, but my car gets me from here to there. Yeah. Or I really want a nicer car, so I really am going to work harder, uh, and, and I'm going to work for it. Okay, well, go for it. Uh, but instead of looking around, you know, and having to say, well, it's not fair uh, that they have a nicer car. Well, <laughs> life's not fair. Yeah, that's it's very true. There's... There's a new uh, reality in society that I think that we're we're going to continue to wrestle with and deal with. And part of it, at the heart of it, I feel, is this instant gratification that media gives to us. Yeah. That, boy, it is hard, and the addictions that come with it and yeah. such. All right, I think we need to pray for our children. It's about time to get dropped off at school out there. All right, so as we're headed off to school, the school year has started. Some kids have been in for a week or so. Some are just getting getting after it. But parents, you're probably out there driving, listening to Lamb Catholic Radio. And, you know, we have a couple of new sponsors out there. So there's DiscountCatholicProducts.com and Mount Marty College. So we're excited to have a new sponsor on board with us. We gave a birthday shout-out to Josh Merrick. So anybody out there got some birthdays they want to give shout-outs for, you can do that. And Chris Thaney. So great shout-outs. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll do that again. But 
our our typical prayer priest for the kids going to school isn't here. Father John, the seat is empty, so I got my feet kicked up in it. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like we're gonna have to shed that responsibility off to Father Paul. So Father Paul, if you want to say a little prayer for the children and uh, teachers and parents and everybody else as they get off to school, that'd be great this morning. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of our education and our ability to learn. We just ask that as we have started a new school year that you may fill us with excitement and anticipation at all that you have in store for us, that you might give teachers the patience they need, the understanding they desire, and the ability to bestow upon their students the gift of learning. We ask as well that you may bless the parents uh, who drop their children off, that they may trust that their kids are in good hands, that they may also know their own responsibility uh, in the education. We ask that you may bless the students, that they too may find joy in learning, that they may rejoice at the gift of an education. And we pray all this as we pray, asking Mary, Hail Mary, full full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you're listening to Rutten Radio here on Lamb Catholic Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a short break with Stump the Priest. I would go home from work. I would drink, binge, and purge until I fell asleep or passed out. My primary addiction was my bulimia. I am a nurse. I'm from Sioux Falls, and I was addicted to prescription medications, but I also have a history of alcohol addiction. I was out of the medications that I was abusing, and I was in withdrawal, so I turned to Old Faithful alcohol. I combined it with a legal prescription. I was in a blackout from the Ambien and the alcohol mixture. Coworkers realized something was off. I lied. I said I had a migraine. I wasn't feeling well. I never was in charge of patients that night. There started an investigation, and I was fired from my job. I was working in the healthcare industry, and I had no idea how to ask for help without fear of losing my license, going to prison, losing everything. Addiction is addiction. When I went to Tallgrass, I felt completely hopeless. When you know it's time to quit, but you don't know how to begin, call Tallgrass at 605-368-5559. Jardine Construction is a general contractor of custom homes, remodeling, and commercial construction. They were founded in Humboldt, South Dakota. Jardine Construction works in close cooperation with project owners and customers when developing a plan for a building or home. Jardine Construction has lots available in Sioux Falls, Hartford, and Humboldt. John can be reached at 605-231-0830 and Tom at 605-261-6174. One of the great ways that Discount Catholic Products has changed my life is that I have a much deeper connection to my Catholic faith and I have become more confident in my faith. Hi, this is Megan Dolly, owner of DiscountCatholicProducts.com here in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and I get to help people on their faith journey. I handle prayer cards, medals, books, and all kinds of sacramentals every day. And in doing that, I can't help but grow in my faith. And we want to help our customers do the same thing. Find us online at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. Dr. Beecroft and First Class Dental Care are proud supporters of Lamb Catholic Radio. First Class Dental Care offers restorative, cosmetic, and preventative techniques and is open late to fit busy schedules. 
Their aviation-themed office works to provide first-class services. Their number is 271-9330 and can be found online at firstclassdentalcare.com. Thank you to Dr. Beecroft and First Class Dental Care for your support of Lamb Catholic Radio. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Deacon Peter Melhoff from St. Mary's in Aberdeen and Monsignor Joseph Wagner. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for September 6th. Today we celebrate Blessed Claudio Granzato. Throughout history, many saints have used their gifts of preaching, teaching, and writing to spread the gospel. Blessed Claudio Granzato used his artistic skills to turn people toward God. When Pope John Paul II beatified the Italian-born sculptor in 1994, the Holy Father called him a model for all religious artists who search for God's beauty. Born near Venice, Italy in 1900, Claudio knew struggle from an early age. The youngest of nine children, he was accustomed to hard work in the fields. At the age of nine, he lost his father. Six years later, he was drafted into the Italian army. After Claudio completed his military service, his life changed radically. He studied at Venice's Academy of Fine Arts and showed a special interest in religious art. When he entered the Franciscan order several years later, his parish priest wrote, The order is receiving not only an artist, but a saint. Prayer, charity to the poor, and artistic work characterized his life, which was cut short by a brain tumor. Blessed Claudio died in 1947 on the Feast of the Assumption. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Dave Clausen, Ron Kleinschmidt, and Roger Voss. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments of Canton, South Dakota. Remember a loved one, honor a friendship, create a legacy. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy praise, streams of mercy. Never ceasing, call for soft of the loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mountain fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming 
Now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Alrighty, Lamb listeners. How are we doing there? We've got a new guest. Not new. We've got a fresh guest here this morning with the yellow flash and Father Paul. <laughs> yellow Father flash. John Rutten. Good morning. How are we doing, brother? I'm doing really well. All right. I just celebrated right. Mass. How, you know, what better way could you start the day? Mass at? At Harrisburg Catholic Community. In the gymnasium? No. Uh, right behind BP Station on the Harrisburg corner is uh, Avera Clinic, and we're a little Catholic corner because then right next to Avera Clinic is our office and chapel. Is that the bank? Yeah, the former bank. Yeah, awesome. I just remind people that we still collect money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I I know that you have not gotten into drive-through confessions yet. No, I, I still am waiting. No, There's no I reason don't. why not. Right? I, I mean, know. Before it's we still in person, it's still. <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Why not? I mean, talk yeah. about publicity. Yeah. John, you would make na- every national Catholic <laughs> paper in the whole world. He might also a- get to visit the bishop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wait till you, wait till the interim. Like, if we get a new bishop in a few years, uh, when we don't quite have one, <laughs> and then and then do it right. Or when the new bishop's coming, you could just like stage it. <laughs> like you were hearing confessions. Like, have somebody buzz oh, just, it. Just a minute, just here, a minute. I gotta, I gotta yeah. slide over to the window and like, no. uh, sir, I'd be a little quieter. There's someone <laughs> lying behind you. We can all hear. There's. <laughs> it's like when you're in a. It's like when you're. Well, never mind. Anyway, all right. Well, okay. fa- he does not, here. Just so you know, he does not hear drive-through confessions. He does not hear drive-through confessions. <laughs> although he should, it'd be epic. Um, stump a priest time, just in oh. time, Father John. For we stump I thought you were gonna priest. do it before. No, because we didn't want to just stump me. Oh man! So I. All and, right. And, and this, actually, no, 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 no. Here's here's the real deal. I think deal. last time. Here's I the real deal. Well. Joe sent out this outline. Yep. And he said we could edit it. So I just moved it. Oh, you did. Yeah, and he crossed it off on here, and I got, like, sick worried. I'm like, what? They finally, they finally cut me out? They won't let me a priest anymore? And I'm thinking to myself, like, does he think this is embarrassing? Like, does he feel like this isn't appropriate for a priest to be stumped? Like, what's going on in Father Paul's mind? Next time and there's going to be directives. He He's going to say, edit it if you would like. And then you're going to go in there to edit it, and it's going to say, do not, not remove. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we have stump. The priest. Oh, All right, man. This is great, and I do know the answer to the question this <laughs> That's time. Good. That's always a good one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did know the answer to the last one. You For some reason, though, I was sure. just uncertain. Yeah. yeah, you know how it is. Like in a test, yep. where you're like, oh, yeah. I know that's right, but uh, is that really right? So, 
we're celebrating Labor Day here this week, right? Last we had Monday's Labor Day, and so in honor of Labor Day, we thought we'd have a Labor Day civil and religious question oh, no. all in one. Labor Day is celebrated not just in America but in Europe as well, but it is not celebrated on the first Monday of September. It is celebrated on a fixed date in Europe. What date is Labor Day celebrated in Europe, and why? I know the why. <laughs> I don't know either. Mm, uh, this will be interesting. Uh, May 1st. <laughs> <laughs> what? No! No! Seminary is there's a little prayer. Lord, could you give me the answer? And every once in a while, he it does. Comes. He does. And why May first? Well, because that's actually I, I thought of that. The socialist uh, Saint Joseph. We have Saint Joseph on May first, yep. uh, and I don't know why May first. Yeah. Fa well, I don't know necessarily why for them, but it's the feast of Saint Joseph, for right? Us. Yeah. And workers. so is Saint Joseph the worker. And so there's a religious and a secular question in there as well as we celebrate the worker. Uh, St. Joseph being the patron. Um, we have that celebration in Europe on May 1st. Oh, wow, no. Father well, Paul. I was wrong. I was thinking it was going to be on the release of one of the encyclicals. Oh. Mm. That Rerum Novarum or something. Or yeah. those. Yeah. Nope. Well, Father Paul, congratulations. Wow, thanks for saving Man. us. That Man, is our fantastic. Our just about Well, we... Uh, Shout outs? Yeah, we I got a shout out. shout outs, uh, Father Paul. What do you got? Jen Locker uh, of the Locker family uh, in Watertown had just sent me a message saying she enjoys the show and she's been listening. So I figured I'd give her a shout out. All right. And if I give her a shout out, I better give her sister a shout out, Missy Bomberger. Oh. Uh, shout out to Missy Bomberger as well. Yeah, Missy Bomberger. She, John, we talked about uh, ladies in the lives of priests that are important. Oh to keep them organized and <laughs> oh to keep God. them on yeah. track. And so we brought up the St. Linda News. Yes. And uh, gave her a shout-out. <laughs> and we her. said that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Were you guys a part of, were you listening to me yesterday? And then, uh, <laughs> so Father Paul, Missy's might be one of those. Yeah, oh, those absolutely. Three, There's right? no question. Yeah. Well, I uh, will give a shout-out to Sue Woolman, who uh, gave us a little uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter feed here that says that she enjoys listening to the guy to us on the show here at Lamb Radio. She learns so much about her faith. Keep up the good work, and God bless. And I think Sue Woolman might be uh, a convert to the faith, and congratulations, Sue. Welcome to the fullness of the communion of faith. It's great to have you on board, and I'm not sure there's anything better second to the Eucharist, second to the confession. And, John, I think that you should really give more serious consideration <laughs> to <laughs> the drive-through. I just want to see you on national. I, I will have you know that about everybody I talk to comments on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It well, I mean, it yeah. just makes perfect. You pull up to the office, and you're like, well, there's the... I wonder if they do drive-throughs. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, so until you move the, from that building, people will bring it up. All right. Father John, you got any shout-outs? I do. Uh, a shout-out to um, not a female, but proof that... Uh, who God wants to send you to keep you in line and organized will come in both sexes. Ooh, yeah. Paul Monarchy oh, gets a big shout-out today because for two and a half weeks in my absence, 
he kept the office running. Oh, my gosh. And not only kept it running, but when I came back, it was even in better order than when I left, and it was proof that maybe I should leave more. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. Father Paul, you were gone for 10 two days. Weeks. Father John, did you just say you were gone for two and a half weeks? It was not all vacation. Oh, it sure. Was partly vacation and Where partly ministry. We were 12 hours apart. How's that for crazy? We were 12 time zones away. From each other. Oh, from each at other. the same time. At the same time. Yeah. So we would post messages and then find him the next day and then post messages. Or he'd be getting up and I'd be getting ready for bed. I'd be looking at, he'd be looking at palm trees. I'd be looking at palm trees where he was and he'd be looking at mountain ranges where I am. <laughs> oh, man. It I was ministry. It, it was, was yes, ministry. I got to become a priest. Yeah. This well, gig's pretty good. I, I, where were uh, you? Uh, I was in Italy. Two and a half weeks, I was there. I went to uh, Pavia, which is a town where St. Augustine is buried, and had this grand, great idea of reading the Confessions, which I read about four pages of, <laughs> uh, and then uh, went to something called The Meeting, which is uh, on, in uh, Rimini, Italy, for a week, which would be similar to anybody that went to like the diocesan 125th. It'd be kind of in that ballpark-ish kind of thing, uh, sharing life meeting friends, and then I went uh, as a delegate for the United States to an event in the mountains of Italy, um, where all those beautiful pictures came from. So, it was amazing. But shout out to Paul Monarchy. Shout out to Heidi Solom, who oh, yeah. this morning texted me and said, you're not on. Uh-oh. Busted. And then after I appeared on radio, she just sent me a text and said, mass comes first. Oh. <laughs> so, shout out to oh, Heidi Solom for uh, that. And then She's a shout-out to Mark Painter, a friend of mine from Michigan. He's in school, medical school or something like that. Uh, he's some biologist. Or, uh, and had a week off in Minnesota, and he came here. Wow. He came here. He had a, he has a week off. He comes here. And it was awesome. We had lunch with uh, some people, and he said, I'm not here because I like Father John more than my girlfriend. Oh. And I'm not here because I like Father John more than my family. And I'm not here because I love... Father John, more than my friends or my studies, because I love all those things. I'm here because something's happening, and I want to be where Christ is doing oh, something new. Nice. Who thinks like that? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so, it was great. I uh, spent yeah. about 24 hours with him, and uh, so shout out to Mark Painter. Rock and roll. Those are some good shout outs. You know who we're missing? We've not heard from Alex High. I know. I just ah. tweeted. I sent a tweet. Ah. Alex, Alex. Alex. I told can him. I where tell you, are can, you? can I take a minute? Something with Alex High. He's great, isn't he? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Alex. Oh, 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 I got it. You did. I did. Here it is. So. <laughs> oh, I forgot to ask if it's okay. Well, if he tweeted it, it's okay to say. Yeah, right. it's public. Overslept. Uh oh. Uh. Also, uh -oh. I forgot. That Rutten Radios this morning. That's so that probably our we fault. Did, I didn't tweet it last yeah, night. Yeah, we were kind of We didn't them. do a very good job of getting everybody on board. Yeah. Just goes Sorry, to Alex. show you. We apologize. Just goes we always to love show your humor. You. Yeah, I know. So Bill, Bill Vermolm is somebody who has been very instrumental at Holy Spirit. He like runs everything. He's like the sacristan extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. And he lives in Harrisburg. He's going to be a part of the new parish. Oh, nice. So they announced last weekend that he would he was there for his last weekend. That he Alex, hi, sends me a message. During the announcements at the end of Mass, we were told, 
This is Bill Vermolm's last weekend with us. He's going to be helping out at the new parish in Harrisburg. <laughs> Alex High puts in little notes, flips over table. <laughs> Father Rutten, you sacristan poacher. <laughs> Takes a deep breath and calms down. And then he said, this is really great. Someone once asked Bud Grant what the secret to being a really good football coach was. He replied, the first thing you do is get a whole bunch of really good players. <laughs> then he walked away. I see what you're doing, Father. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. Alex is yep. a good person to have in your life. If you don't yeah. know Alex High, pray that the Spirit puts him in your path. Yeah, he's funny. Another quick one. Uh, as we talked about natural disasters, uh, I just got a tweet from Father Shane Stevens, who is my high school classmate. Oh, uh, he got a monster who, tear yeah, down on him. Who is down uh, now a priest in Florida, and he just says, pray for those in the path of Irma. Mm. The hurricane oh, yeah, Irma. it's terrible. So we pray for them as well. As well. So thank you, Father Shane Stevens, mm -hmm. uh, for that uh, reminder as well. Our classmate, Jamie Sage, is down there as well, and she bought a plane ticket, and she's going to Sioux Falls. She just bought a boat, too. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's uh, This is the reality that we live in, John. Yeah. We were talking about how, like, whatever the... It, um, what is it? It's the tyranny of the immediate. Like, we're all worried about Houston, right? Which we ought to be. But there's like wildfires going on right now that are destroying people's lives and are completely out of control and raging across the West in two different states. Probably more. Really? I'd oh, yeah. Like yeah, you have yeah, no idea. Really yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh huh. And now you have this Hurricane Irma coming up on Florida. And so, anyway, there's this idea that we. We get invested in that which the media yeah. tells us to. Yeah. Um, and, and so anyway, we already yeah. had that full-on discussion. Yep. But well, right. it, and, and when uh, the thing that I went to, one of the people said, one of the things that he encouraged all of us to do is to read. Because in reading literature, you detached yourself from the influence of the, um, I don't know the right, not contemporary, but the... Uh, that, that movement, like, now, 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 yeah. now, now. Yep. When you read good literature, like, your life opens up in a way sure. in which you don't have to grasp to those things, and you can see them in a bigger way. Mm -hmm. well. All righty. Well, we uh, have uh, another section here coming up. You know, there's one my favorite passages was the gospel reading here from a couple of weeks ago. I oh, think it was yeah. two weeks ago. Yep. And so I, every time I hear it, I'm like, yes, this is it, everybody. <laughs> like, and I want to start telling, I want to get into teacher mode again, right? But uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had the, the passage from Matthew chapter 16 with Peter and the keys. And I thought, you know, this might be worth us kind of delving into a little bit. Because as a Catholic church, we have such a, um, a wonderful hierarchy system that is set up and established that really is the envy, I think, of our neighbors, although they wouldn't really say it. I think that the Protestant church, in, in the absence of the hierarchy that, that we have with a, with a pope, with the one person in charge. Um, but where does this idea of the Pope and the papacy and the the Bishop of Rome getting the authority to kind of tell us what to do, blah, 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 blah. Where does this all come from? Well, it all comes from Matthew chapter 16. So I just thought maybe we'd take some, some reflections here on uh, Matthew chapter 16. But to give some background to it, Matthew chapter 16 is... Um, is where Peter says, who do people say that I am? Jesus says. Or J Jesus says, who do people say that I am? And he's got his disciples there. And, 
You say, you know, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say a prophet. And Jesus stops and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up and says, you are the Christ. Yeah. He says, blessed are you, Peter, for upon you I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Who sends you bind, they're bound. Who sends you loose, they're loosed. So we have this marvelous That's passage. The, uh, translation according to Joe Rowe. Joe Rowe. He wasn't Is reading it. I'm not reading it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this idea all of a sudden, but what happens there is Peter receives something that's very important and that is the keys so i just thought maybe we'd uh, uh start from there but both of you i think have been on pilgrimage to the holy land have you guys ever been to Caesarea philippi where this uh event occurred well, tell me about it if our listeners out there we'll uh want to know a little bit guys, we'll come on okay carry your weight there <laughs> son uh well i don't know i guess i'm not sure what i'm supposed to um, so you've been there, right? Tell us yeah. a little bit about it. It's, yeah. you know, Boulder, Yeah, the House Rock. of Peter's. Oh, no, 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 no. no, 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 no. Oh, Philippi, yeah, yeah. Up north so the there's these, there. so the, it's like, uh, it, I think it reminds me a little bit of Arizona. There's, there's like large stone sort of outcropping cliff or? outcroppings, and then there's like deserty kind of trees growing and stuff and green, but it's pretty like sparse. Um, but there's um, a source, there's like a, a water i think comes out of this rock and it was always believed that like there was this idea that that was like the entrance to hades or whatever the case might be but uh they the the gods before the people before them had like gods right there and so he was not only in this spot like building the church but he was doing it in sight of these the place in which the pagans were worshiping too uh, and the entrance into Hades. And so this play is coming like you are the Christ. So this place in which all these other people are recognizing where they're, where they're placing their hope and where they're placing their divine ideas. And he's saying, no, you, Peter, yes, it is me. This, this presence is me. And so upon you, upon this rock, upon this rock, not this big massive structure, upon this rock, you, Kepha, uh, I will build my church, which in the end helps us. And then the gates of hell right over. So you're imagining right over here is this entrance will not prevail against. Um, and you, you come to see then the great truth of Christianity is that uh, God has become man. And it's constantly been man's desire to become divine and to take on this great. But the truth of the matter is it's the opposite way. God becomes human and the continuation of this is the, the recognition that we partake of that then. So not only is it scandalous that God would come in a human form, that Jesus of Nazareth would be both human and divine, uh, but then the way he wants to continue the church and transmit this presence is through this same means. And so here upon Peter, a human being, a human being uh, uh, with all of his problems, uh, I am going to continue this presence and uh, uh, united to you, the gates of hell will not prevail against. So in this, Peter receives something, whether it was physical or not, uh, keys. And those keys are... It's not the first time that a Jew would have heard about keys, right? So in the Old Testament, the keys are given to the prime minister of the kingdom of Israel. 
And so every Jew listening to Jesus, once he gives Peter keys, would have stopped and said, warning Will Robinson, warning Will Robinson, Old Testament illusion, Old Testament illusion. Uh, they went to call it the Old right. Testament, obviously, say, because it would have been their testament, testament, their covenant. But the keys going back to the, the house of Israel and that the king of Israel, all right, isn't the day-to-day governor, right? That, that's the prime minister, and the prime minister is the one that has the keys, and the keys symbolize his authority as prime minister. So as Peter receives these keys, he's receiving the authority that goes with the governing of the church. And mm-hmm. so we see this as the foundation of Peter, who's, who Jesus changed his name, right? Yeah. To rock, to boulder, upon which we would, uh, you know, build, he'd build his church. And so Peter becomes the first head of the church. He gets stationed in Rome, and Rome becomes, if you will, the seat where the head of the church begins to reside. And so whoever fills that seat, that office of the Bishop of Rome, is the head of the church, and that development over time happens but we've had what 264 or so successors yeah i was just uh, to uh, saint peter that should have been my trivia question for yeah. stump a priest and today. i always get it confused i always try to remember the difference between the presidents of the united states and the, the popes and, <laughs> and I'm always like, oh. i think we're at 264 with john paul ii my so i'm going to say 266 66 um i'm not exactly sure i was just there but if you don't understand the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you yeah. y- might just pass over this and oh, not absolutely. realize what's yeah. going on. But, Father, you lived in Rome for a little bit. Keys are a pretty uh, important symbol in anywhere you look in Rome, right. but on their Vatican flag, on postage stamps, yeah. on buildings and carvings, the keys are all over, right? Well, and, and key is always something. Even think about that. I mean, even cities will give people the key to the city. Uh-huh. You know, so it... it there's something in it about having the key, you know, having keys to a car, having keys to a house. Uh, those kinds of things, you know, really are important. I also think it's important then the next week we get Peter going from, you know, this great moment of, of clarity to get behind me, Satan. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's very important because as, as Father John had just said, <clears throat> we're not taking away the humanity of Peter in this declaration. Like, Jesus isn't now saying, well, Peter, you're now without sin, and everything you do will be perfect, and this will be really great. No, Peter, you're, you're going to mess this up. Uh, but I'm the one who's going to help keep uh, all of it in, in line, because people will often say, well, how can he be, you know, the Pope if he's not, you know, and he makes, you know, statements that aren't always right, or he did this or did that, and it's like, well, right, Peter uh, started off with not a very good track record, uh, and Jesus didn't just say, "Oh well, you know, good, good, good try. We're going to take this from you now, Peter." Uh, so that idea that God can even work within our incompetencies <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and our misunderstandings and, and those things as well, not in spite of them or uh, in lieu of them. I mean, like he, it's all part of it. Yeah, well, and that's that's really something so different i think is a is a significant problem with christianity today is we have the we have this strong sense of moralism Mm -hmm. that like god only works through good things and no like god would have never come if that's the method he was going to use no god uses like weak and broken instruments and the sign of his presence isn't that all of a sudden everybody gets better the sign is that you recognize him you become Peter again. You are the Christ. You are the only one who answers my heart. You are the only one that can make me happy. You are the only one that can make me see how little I am. And yet, in seeing how little I am, I'm like filled with 
gladness and joy and like where's this peace coming from yeah. i'm a wretch me yeah that's the gospel and so when you see it that way then you say oh okay well the holy spirit is just guiding us in this way that there's this place and these people but yeah there's all kinds of confusion yeah uh in the midst of it and yeah i put on facebook i posted all the of pictures? The, the picture yeah oh, okay. all of the successors of perfect uh, saint peter you but know the doesn't other have a number the other, I know, I was trying to count them, and then I'm like, forget it. Uh, the other dynamic to it is when we say authority, I think our modern mentality hears that in a way in which we think bad. But if you look at the gospel passage, the authority that is present there is Peter recognizing this presence in Jesus. Right. And he's saying, you are the Christ. It's an authority that the other person gives to the one and says, you're the one that makes me who I'm supposed yeah. to be. I'm following you. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Um, and so an authority for us today, and I think we see this in Pope Francis, is, is, and we saw it in the other popes too, but it's so clear in his gestures that Pope Francis becomes an authority. He becomes somebody that's, that people like start looking at and start listening to and start following. Uh, not somebody who's like, I'm an authority, so you do what I say. Oh, sure. Jesus doesn't ever say, you do what I say. He he gives him the freedom. Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am, Peter? And when Peter can say that, then he can more adhere to him and be like, I'll go wherever you go, you know? And that's what he says. I'll do whatever. And he's like, uh, yeah, right. right. <laughs> Wait till you see what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, so and yet, I, you know, and this I reflected on, uh, when after the resurrection, uh, they, they're still trying to find Jesus. He's not showing up. Uh, and they go fishing. You know, again, you know, some will see that as Peter didn't know what else to do, so he goes fishing. And I, and I had reflected on that. No, that was where he met him. <laughs> and Peter goes back to that encounter, and he's like, I'm sure if I get back in this boat, because this is where I met him the first time, he'll meet me. And so when mm. Peter sees that it's Jesus, he's the only one in the boat that says, who cares about all these stupid fish? <laughs> Everyone else is still dragging the fish, and, and Peter's like long gone. Peter is not about fishing. Peter's about finding Christ. And then I think it's evident because the minute he sees Christ, the boat is irrelevant. Yeah. But everyone else is still holding on to these fish, like dragging them in, like, we caught all these fish, we better keep them. Yeah. Well, who cares? Like, yeah. Like, we don't need the fish. We need him. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so I think that that reflection, that Peter really does believe that Jesus is the one. Yeah. Even when he says, God forbid anything happened to you, or I do not know the man. Like, yeah. even though he says those things, at the core of it, when he stops to reflect, Jesus really is it. Yeah. it. And it's not, and it's not a, a, a belief that just sort of leaves him passive. You know that what is interior to him, he believes because of his movement. It's a, it's an, it's a recognition that moves him. Moves right. him quickly, faster than anyone else. Right. Moves him. It's like, he's the one. Even if just a minute ago, he didn't know that it was him. Right. He <laughs> thinks it's a ghost, or he <laughs> thinks there are all these different things. Uh, but when it like clicks, it's like, oh, you're the one. And he goes to him. And interestingly enough, I, I just learned this a year ago, the charcoal oh. connection. You guys know the charcoal connection, Jesus sitting at the fire with the fish, a charcoal fire. Well, the reason that that is so important to have there is because when Peter denied Jesus three times, there was a charcoal okay. lamp in the courtyard. Okay. And so the olfactory senses bring back that awareness. So Peter is not only in front of our Lord, he's in front of our Lord knowing all of the... Uh, 
scandal that he was to this man. He, know, he knows all of his sin, and it's right in front of all of the sin that he can <laughs> see this man, look at him, yeah. and it all... Yeah. Do you love me? Do you love me, Peter? Imagine the change. Mm-hmm. The change. And that's offered to all of us. You know, I mean, that, that is that question. He, Jesus keeps asking, do you love me? Yeah. And, you, and no one can answer that for us. For us, yeah. Well, maybe that's something for us to think about if you're out there listening as we come close to a break here, you know. Take an opportunity to reflect on the Lord's love for you and where we're at in relationship with Him. We'll be right back. Support for programming on Lamb Catholic Radio is provided by Financial Benefits Company in Sioux Falls, helping individuals and small businesses plan for retirement. The Financial Benefits Company philosophy is to achieve a secure retirement for their clients. Their phone number is 605-334-8086 and on the web at fbcjf.com. Thank you to Financial Benefits Company for sponsoring Lamb Catholic Radio. One of the great ways that Discount Catholic Products has changed my life is that I have a much deeper connection to my Catholic faith and I have become more confident in my faith. Hi, this is Megan Dolly, owner of DiscountCatholicProducts.com here in Harrisburg, South Dakota, and I get to help people on their faith journey. I handle prayer cards, medals, books, and all kinds of sacramentals every day. And in doing that, I can't help but grow in my faith. And we want to help our customers do the same thing. Find us online at DiscountCatholicProducts.com. A stiff neck that is very painful is a common condition called torticollis. It is caused by an underlying misalignment of the neck bones pinching the nerves that cause muscle spasms and pain. Dr. Mark Hagen with Hagen Chiropractic Clinic in Sioux Falls treats this condition. Dr. Mark is located at 14th and Cliff, six blocks north of Avera Hospital. Hi, this is Dr. Mark Hagen with Hagen Chiropractic Clinic. Don't say ouch, call me at 361-OUCH. Pregnant? One word, many emotions. At Catholic Family Services, our experienced licensed therapists are here to help those experiencing an unplanned pregnancy in a safe, confidential setting at no charge. Our pregnancy counselors understand that every situation is unique and provide options counseling, including information regarding parenting or placing a child for adoption. Whatever you decide, we are committed to helping and supporting you throughout the entire pregnancy. Call 1-800-700-7867. Catholic Family Services offering a gift of hope with offices in Aberdeen, Brookings, Gettysburg, Pier, Mitchell, Yankton, and Sioux Falls.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Alrighty out there, lamb listeners in Rutten Radio. Joining you live here, we've got uh, the full team, the full cohort. Father Paul, Father John, and myself, Professor Rutten. Uh, Father yeah, John, we're, we're to wondering call him if Professor Rutten. Oh, we, yeah, <laughs> because it's proper to the dignity of the position, right? I mean, not because I want to be called professor, but because it's only appropriate that we respect the authority of the faculty. Uh, anyway, uh, it's time for uh, Movie of the Month Club. If you're out there listening and you don't know, you basically kind of each month we like to take a movie and kind of take it, watch it over the course of the month and then analyze it and give some insights and thoughts and, and comments, some critiques. And so this one is The Human Experience. It's a great documentary. If you have not seen it, I encourage you to... Uh, go out, check it out. But the human experience, Father John, actually, I think Father Paul might have been the one to put it on my radar first. Father Paul, tell me a little bit about the human experience and your contact with it. Yeah, it, it came out while I was at SDSU as the chaplain, so that would have been somewhere 2004 to 2009. Uh, and it was a, a documentary made by two brothers uh, connected to... Uh, a production company called Grassroots in the uh, CFRs, the Capuchin Friars of the Renewal. Oh, you're uh, kidding. I didn't know that. The, Cap- <laughs> the Friars? I did not know that, which is why you said there's a second yep. one coming out connected uh, to them. All right. And what they did was they couldn't get anybody sort of to pick it up, any major distributors, and so they began to go around the country showing it in hopes to get some publicity that way and they were they came to the diocese for something and we brought them from wherever they were up to sdsu and we showed it then in the in an auditorium uh and then what was amazing about it is somebody from it came with the movie Hmm. and then you had question and answers as well uh and so we watched it uh and then had some discussion father john tell me a little bit about the human experience 
Uh, the Human Experience is a s documentary, really, of a group of men who live in a house called the St. Francis House, which is sort of like uh, a house for men of many problems, whatever they might be. And um, they begin this documentary in like taking a journey, I guess you would say, like yep. exploring life and the question of who am I. Um, at the beginning of the movie, that's sort of the way that it opens up is one of the men says, uh, talks about how he was searching for himself. I searched for myself. And so they take this, these trips through. They, they decide to stay homeless, go homeless and live with the homeless people and like ask these questions and find out um, where they're, what they believe about this God. And, um, and then they end up in this orphanage and then they end up in this leper colony. Um, and in the end, it sort of is story about this main character this lead character and his life and his search for identity mm -hmm. i would say uh who am i yep. who am i and in it he ends up back with his father which is sort of the underlying idea of the whole thing is the relationship one has with their family the role of the family um, and belonging what does it mean to belong to a people belong to friends belong to a family belong to god Wow, it's, um, you know, so down at Mount Marty, we're redesigning our GE curriculum for Intro to Christianity and Intro to Philosophy that they take freshman and sophomore year. And we're posing a new paradigm where we integrate the two into a grander story of salvation history where we answer the great questions of human existence. And we're going to show the human experience oh, as a sure. part of that curriculum because I thought that it does such a great job of simply allowing you to enter into the question that we all have and that is who are we what does it mean to be a human right what does it mean to to where do we come from and what's our, our connect our roots how important is our roots we always see those south dakota roots t-shirts mm -hmm. you know and it's like yeah we all do desire to to have a connection to our past and and then it, obviously to have direction to know where is it that we're going and what's our meaning and purpose in this life so the the film starts off with them homeless for a week in New York City, right? Yep. And they they jump down onto the streets. What's a lesson or two that they kind of gain, or some insights that they gain from this experience, Father Paul? Well, I think a couple things. One, how quickly we dehumanize people. Uh, you know, again, when I was in seminary, we had this the moral question: when I walk by a homeless person asking for money, do I have to give it to them? And the professor said, no, but you have to give them dignity. Mm. Uh, and in that, then you do what you feel is the right thing to do for their dignity. Uh, and that was evident in there. They interviewed a lady uh, on the streets and she said, you know, it's cold and it's really cold out here. And she said, uh, this car pulled up and you could hear they were concerned. Uh, and she said, soon more cars pulled up uh, and they made sure that all the dogs that I had with me were taken to warm places and they left me. You know, and, and it really, what it did for me was it, it made me ask this question, why would we leave her? And I think, at least in my own life, what I will do is I'll say, she knows better. She could do something. The dog isn't responsible for this. She's responsible for where she's at. And so I sort of put this moral thing upon this woman and I say, well, it's, it's her fault she's on the street. Mm -hmm. So she has to figure her own problems out. The dog 
he doesn't he needs help yeah he can't help himself uh but if i would really say well maybe i should ask her if she needs help and maybe she really can't help herself right now uh and then going back to the whole when is helping hurting mm-hmm. you know to really actually ask her and to visit with her a little bit about it but it was really it really sort of caused me to have to ask that question like what is it in me that walks by a person in need and and what goes on in me but that was probably for me the the moment the uh i think that in our family we have you know it, it, some blessings in some ways in the fact that uh mom's family has a lot of human experience <laughs> is a good way to say it and we've had the 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 in-laws who are homeless and the those that have struggled with sexuality and those that have um found themselves um you know mentally destroyed by war and these types of experiences and so for us it's at least for me typically i always try and enter in through their experience through one of the uncles sure or one of the aunts and say all right what what's it like to be a person that when you hear fireworks at the fourth of july um you know it triggers things that you know aren't kind and i think well you know maybe that's maybe i should have thought about that in relation i can think about that in relationship to one of our uncles or uh to struggle with your sexuality and to Mm -hmm. not be able to to kind of come out right and to be able to deal with that in a way that is healthy and in a way that uh, respects god's dignity and creation and realize well you know what these are the people that i loved and and so the i i really am grateful for mom's family and for the humanity that it brought to who i am and how it is that i can experience the world because even somebody like aunt mary right yeah. so even somebody like aunt mary who seems to have everything in the world um you know, she always cared about the little person, right? Yep. She always, you know, everybody mattered. And so it, it's just this beautiful opportunity when they're homeless to make sure that we don't pity them in a way that makes us look down on them, but sees them as our brother and sister, literally. Mm-hmm. There's a second, so they, they do the week in homeless, right? And then Father John, they, they go on a second excursion. And the second excursion um, takes them to i believe chile they go south right and and they go surfing right they they jump on with a band (laughs) of surfers that basically travel the world looking for the greatest waves you know they're they're out there you know stoking it dude looking for the looking for the the waves And, and while they do this they jump into humanitarian type of assistance or where they can and so they get into this shelter or this uh a children's home right for this those with disabilities i believe yeah, because one of the things that we can't even imagine is in Chile, if a parent doesn't want their kid or their kid has issues, they just leave them. <laughs> and so this doctor, who's this renowned doctor, it decided to start a place where you could actually drop your kid off and he would take care of them then. Uh, and he would make sure that they got the medical care that they needed. Uh, and so they go to help uh, at that uh, clinic. Yeah, I think uh, what I'm thinking of people I met in Rome, so I'm, like, not with the radio program right now. <laughs> <laughs> Come back, dial in. Focus. Uh, but uh, in the, when they were with the homeless people, he said, the, the guy says, our, the adventure began right in our own backyard. Mm. And there's a sense of when they end up at this orphanage in Peru through these surfers, and then particularly, uh, I, I was struck when they went to the, the leper colony, um, when they went there... 
uh, I remember exactly even what the connection was, but this recognition that they didn't set out to like do all these things. They right. didn't have their their idea agenda set, and yet I live my life that way. I never leave because it's not all set. No, they left with something in front of them moving them, and then it just like led one thing to the other. So they end up in Chile because of these surfers, because of this, because of that, and then they're they end up in the leper colony next because of this. And this need for for me, I need to just live with what's in front of me and let that determine then the next path I'm going to take. And all of a sudden, like, this great expectancy can open up in me that I'm, like, expecting amazing things to happen, but I can let God make it happen. I can let the circumstances be. And so I really, with that orphanage in Peru, I thought, you know, the surfer, who would see all of these connections? Yeah, and when you see surfers, who imagines humanitarian aid? Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it was so bizarre. Like, so these people do this, and then they, and they get really no credit. Like they're not out looking, but that they're grateful that yeah. they can surf and they want to travel around. And which, uh, which sort of was a theme I kept getting throughout the whole thing was uh, the the recognition that we all are in need of giving our life for something else yeah. for another person. And all throughout the sections, you can see that like even the homeless people like want to help other people. Uh, and so these surfers, they aren't doing it for recognition. And we want to give awards. We want to give community service hours. We want to do all these things for people to do things. But you mm. only get the real satisfaction from it when nobody gives me anything for it. It's mm. a complete gift of myself to the other. That's when you realize, ah, it is good that I get out of me and get into the other. Yeah, yeah there's uh, – I've got a – family at the cathedral that their boy i don't know he might have even been eight and they're an immigrant family and the parents work hard and the dad works at uh you know down at the uh, morels and you know busts his butt and everything else and and comes home tired all the time right so his eight-year-old boy you know says i want to be a doctor so that my dad doesn't have to work so hard you know i think that sometimes the comfort of the west and the wealth that we have makes us very much the world is all about me right i'm going to go do this i'm when you look at much of the rest of the world and at least particularly those that come out of a lower degree of poverty than what we maybe traditionally experience they see their their education and they see their training as a gift back to the community or the family from which they came in a completely different sense than we do today kids don't go to college to think about getting a job in order so that they can I shouldn't say typically speaking in our circles, right? So that they can give back to the family or so that they can help their parents or so that they can. But I think of like Father Peter, your friend from from, uh, uh, Ghana, like he became a nurse. And as a nurse, he is a nurse for the community. And so when he wants to go study to be a priest, the community is thinking, but wait a minute, you're our nurse. Yeah. Right. You're more than just autonomous to yourself. You're, part, you're interconnected. You're a part of a community here, and you have a role and a responsibility that is not just an island unto yourself, but that is a part of a family relationship, and your gifts have been given to be stewarded back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and when you live this way, then the, the question becomes, is this better for me? 
And I think if we really trust this and put this before ourselves, we'll discover that I am happier. Right. When I recognize I belong, I am happier. Uh, and it doesn't matter what kind of job I have or what I do. I need belonging. I need another person to look at me. I need to be able to look at another person. I need to be able to give my life to something. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I have value that uh, is greater than me. And then it's not a moralistic, you should do good things or you should be a good community. And in a sense, I sometimes feel like that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to legislate goodness in people today. Yeah. Yep. We're trying to get a better political system so that people can be happy. My happiness isn't determined by what party's leading the country. <laughs> no. <laughs> my happiness is determined by my desire to live with Christ and to live in service to what he has in front of me. And whatever that is, there it is. And I just happen to be a priest who gets to go to Italy. Well, I don't know why, like... Yeah. I'm not working at John Morell's and can't travel and can't do those things. But you know what? A hundred years ago, nobody would have been traveling. And today, the person working at John Morell's, I know people that are working down there, and yeah. they travel home every yeah. couple of years. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, even yeah. though even yeah. the person, you know, in a lower economic rank today is Traveling, seeing the yeah. world in a way. But you could see all of the world and it could and not realize it's not enough. Right. When I'm standing up in the Alps, looking out at this incredible world, and I'm thinking to myself, like, we're all going to die real soon. <laughs> because the greatness of all of this has been here for a long time. It's going to be here for a long time, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. But what I have here is in Sioux Falls, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then I realize, I, too, the adventure begins in my own backyard, yeah. just like that guy said. Yeah. And then I'm like, ah, today we got the radio program. And I'm like, oh, but I got mass. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So, Well, the adventure begins and ends in our own backyard. Uh, it's been a good show today. We've had lots of good conversations. We could even bring it back full circle on the whole capitalism, socialism, rerum navarum discussion as we talk about <laughs> Uh, the reality of what we get to do today, uh, compared to kings and queens, we eat better today. Sure. The poor person lives better today than kings and queens did for much of, of history. So even that context of our backyard, uh, we have a lot to be grateful for mm-hmm. here, for America, for the country we live in, uh, for the employment that we have, for the jobs that we have. You know, And maybe as we finish up, we think about wrapping up in our prayers. Maybe it is that opportunity, though, to pray, pray for those that look for employment, those that uh, are out there looking for jobs, um, those that struggle to make ends meet, those that struggle to pay the bills, those that look for the dignity of good work. Uh, because we've been there before, and we were born and raised with a father that was a laborer, yep. and we certainly know the value of uh, you know blisters and scabs on your hands. So- Although... Although our brothers, Father uh, uh, Tom and Rick, might think that we've gone pretty soft <laughs> out there if you're out there listening. We, we still get every once in a while a scab or two I, on our hands. I, I go to a gym. I yeah. <laughs> so my tool belt is in the office, and somebody saw it the other a day. A real one? A real one. Yeah, my oh. tool belt. Oh, that's right. You got a yeah. real one. Yeah. I never did. Yeah. And and so there you didn't. Oh, yeah. So was I got re- it in there. I was my rebellion. The person asked me if that's my dad's. I'm like, oh, 
what, do you think I've never worked a day in my life or something? I was offended. <laughs> no, that's mine. Uh, that's yeah, no, odd. I never got a real one. I always used the, the cloth one that came the from mono- or, the uh, Shoneman. Oh, you did. Uh, and it drove Dad crazy because he'd be like, can you get me a screw or nail? And I'd be like, I got like 5,000 different ones in my pocket. Yeah. I'm like trying to dig them out. And it was my way of just saying, I'm never going to do this. Uh-huh. This is not me. So uh-huh. I'm not investing in a real tool belt mm. because it ain't ever going to happen. Uh, <laughs> now, probably wasn't the best use of my <laughs> will, but I always just had the cheap one. Yeah, well, we've shingled more than a few houses in our days and uh, picked up a few nails off the ground and taking breaks, taking uh, take 10, expect <laughs> five, no, get take, two. Take 15, expect 10, get five. Take yeah. 15, expect 10, get 5. Unless dad falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Those were the best days. And then you just try to be really quiet and see if you can get a little longer break. Yeah, we, I'm sure that uh, anybody out there listening, if you know what it's like to use a bag of uh, a stack of shingles as a pillow. Yeah. You know what it's like to take a nap on a cement floor in a garage somewhere in the afternoon. Uh, while you're shingling houses. So God love you out there. If you're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio, Kathy Tesh, we didn't give you a shout out. That's what we get here now. So with that, Father John, Father Paul, it's been another good month. I believe we're back at you next month on the first Wednesday. So we'll go ahead and wrap up with our final prayer, the family prayer. If you want to pray with us in the name of the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our, Our Father, Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. You've been listening to Rutten Radio live on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. Brought to you in part by DiscountCatholicProducts.com, your one-stop online shopping experience for the Catholic community. And Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. Be sure to tune in next month for more Rutten Radio.